You're gonna go with the record limit on the cameras? Yeah, we're good. These have no limit. This is 22. Episode 22. What are the guests have you had on? We had Iman on. Oh yeah. Um, we had Jordan Welch on. I'm about to go uh, to Dubai and meet up with him. Oh, that's fire. What are you guys doing there? Just hanging out? Like, it's a big meetup thing, big, like, event? A lot of the, the Tate associates are going. I'm going with Fresh and Fit, and we're going to do a big panel. Going to bring some of the previous cam girls that have been labeled as victims to a podcast with them. <coughs> cool. I, I like that. You good over there? Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. I think so. Set. Yeah, good, I good as I could um, be. Yeah, so this is episode 22. We have Sneeko with us today. It's going to be on. Uh, yeah, excited to have you, man. We're, we're super excited. This is interesting because one of our friends who we just brought on and had a podcast with, his name's Miles, mentioned it to me like uh, a couple months ago. He's like, yeah, like, Sneeko's in Miami now. You guys should hit him up and, and get him on. And then, obviously, I started having a conversation with your manager, and we're here. And, and it's super dope to see. Yeah, shout out to my manager. Shout out to Islam98. How, how does that arrangement work? I'm, I'm very curious. I've never even met him. Oh. I've never met him, but we've worked <laughs> closely. But there's a lot of these uh, these internet guys that I think you can establish good relationships with. And I think it's mm -hmm. a testament to how the people that you want in your circle, you're going to meet online. Mm -hmm. You're not going to find a lot of yeah. those people in your hometown. I'm sure you guys can all agree. You're not from Miami, correct? No. No, you guys met each other how? Online? Yeah. Online, yeah. There you go. Twitter. So Twitter. <laughs> I yeah. met him through a podcast. He, he, uh, he booked me for a podcast. I met him. And we started talking and working after that and then established a good business relationship, talked to him every single day. And we have different business relationships and it, it's really lucrative. But yeah. th I think everybody that I, I work with now, I've met through Twitter, Discord, mm -hmm. YouTube, I'm seen in shorts, stuff yep. like that. We just, we just hired like three guys. I think we hired three from Twitter specifically, Twitter and Instagram. And we just put out an app and we got like 400 people that applied. And the like-minded people are the people that are following us. And, you know, our personal brands are obviously much smaller than yours at this point. But even with 20K, 30K, 50K followers, we're able to reach those people because you've kind of right. built this, this network almost. It, it, it's surprising when you go outside and you go out of the people who are like-minded. I could probably guess like a lot of the stuff that you guys agree with me with. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that. But then you step out of that and you go back to like normie land of your hometown and the stuff they believe in, like in the creativity kit, that's my course specifically. Mm -hmm. I have people then from, from New Jersey and stuff like that. And they are so happy that there's like a, they, they're in the calls every night. I go in the calls after the stream and they're like, bro, I've never seen so many red pill people in one place. Like it's just, I've been around so many bots, so many NPCs and they're mm -hmm. like, wow, like this, I can't believe this is real. Uh, and yeah, you forget sometimes just being in this circle. Miami Brickle, for example, these people all make sense for the most part. There's a lot of normal people, but COVID wasn't a big problem over here. Yeah, it's really interesting, too, because I think like with those, you know, the, the Internet, for the most part, as a tool has been used like very negatively, right? Like especially the mainstream use case of the Internet, internet is like propaganda and just pushing shit that just traps people they're just dopamine monkeys scrolling yeah. scrolling scrolling and it's uh i think it's really important like to use the the tool because it's not good or bad it just kind of is but use the tool to for the positive leverage you can get from it rich people don't use social media for fun no like all the brokies watching you need to get that where that scrolling that routine if you have an nba young boy profile picture if you're Nicki minaj stan <laughs> if you're a barb or if you're a cape like you're 
part of the system. You're doing exactly <laughs> what you're supposed to be doing. Rich people need you. So you can choose one. Are you going to be a consumer or are you going to be somebody who's profiting off of social media? It's the most powerful tool in terms of networking, making money, not being tied down to one place. You need to be using it to make money. And if you're not, you're just going to fall behind because rich people don't scroll. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. I tweeted this yesterday. They gave you the internet. They gave everybody watching this the internet. People like us, we went and built businesses. We produced, we're making videos, right? And then everyone else went and watched porn. They went and watched Netflix. They went and watched sports and they just waste their time. You guys are sports pilled? Oh yeah, I don't watch. Sports are gay, right? <laughs> yeah. Brady. Well, like, you got Tom Brady's like, name on the back of your shirt. You what know, are you as doing? A, as a kid, as a kid, like, cool. You know. It's, you, yeah, but you then play, you're forty. You, well, you, my, right, right. And then there's forty-year-old men who are like, let's get a beer, Brady. <laughs> Brady. He's not even from Boston, dumbass. What are you? What, what are you supporting? He's making millions, and you're just there with a B on your chest with your beer gut. And then you and your four, fr you and your five friends have B R A D Y. Woo, Brady! It's, and then you, and then you get emotionally affected when you lose a game. Brady, <laughs> what is wrong with you? It, my I, my take on it because I played uh, like FCS college football, and then like when I left that and kind of like broke out of it and went and did my own thing. Now I pretty much really only watch like UFC cards and do. But I also train, right? And so my take on it is I don't even mind if people want to use the the social aspect of sports and like go do fun shit with their mm -hmm. friends. But my fucking take on it is if you are watching the motherfucking games and you're not playing like what the, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I don't mind if you want to, if you really love basketball, I think that's great, but like go fucking play in a men's league. Don't just sit around and watch it. Like I, if you really love basketball so much, fucking play it. I feel like as a kid, I used it as inspiration because I was like, I was like a little kid, like five, ten years old, playing baseball. I'm like, oh, Jose Reyes, the shortstop for the Mets. Like I'm a Mets. I grew up in New York, so like I'm a Mets fan. But then you get older and you're not playing anymore. That's not my inspiration anymore. I'm not like a I'm not a kid. Mm -hmm. I, I got to go build my own thing. And I think the problem is that most guys in this day and age, aren't building their own thing. They don't have their own thing to really look forward to. I, I got lucky because I started my, my YouTube channel before I was banned on Batu back when I was 14. And it's because I saw the capabilities of what everybody was doing. So yeah. everybody was watching. We were all watching YouTube back when we were 14. We were mm -hmm. all addicted to uh, the video game YouTubers, the horror games. We were following all the trends. Mm -hmm. I used to watch Smosh Food Battle. Like every single thing, I, I watched every update, every channel with a million subscribers. I yeah. knew their whole catalog, their life story, everything. Was, Logan Paul, all those guys. Yeah. E even before that, that was like a newer generation. I'm talking OG, like okay. Shane Dawson, okay, gotcha. Smosh, Fred, Annoying Orange. Like I was mm -hmm. OG, epic rap battles of history. OG oh, days, yeah. um, OG days of YouTube. Oh, yeah. Ray William Johnson, like the old shit. And I was watching, I was studying it, and then most of us. Just saw that and like, okay, that's entertainment. But I'm seeing that. Look at what they're able to do. We're all we're sitting in school every day. These guys are making millions of dollars to go and have fun in front of a camera. I want to do. We're all watching it. Why can't we do it? What's separating the people who do it from the people who watch it? And I started figuring that out from a really young age, and it, it set up my my life now. Even though they terminated me, but that's what a lot. Of, that's the mindset that a lot of people need to have is that it is possible. Instead of just watching the sports when you're younger, you got to be able to think. What could I do to be a part of this? Like, mm -hmm. can I be a sports trainer? Can I be part of the fitness? Can I be the guy managing the player? Yep. Don't just be mindlessly entertained. Think about how are they making the money? How did they, they get in that position? Because if you don't have any analytical skills, then you're just a, a mindless consumer. So, so for you starting everything, did you start it with 
specific purpose was like I'm gonna get rich like like these kids I'm gonna get famous like these kids or was it just like out of fun it was out of fun I, I wanted to do it. It, it the whole thing intrigued me and the the idea of a youtuber w was really was incredible like that I'm watching this every day I look forward to it but really some some of the guys they would just open up their MacBook and it'd be their webcam and they'd be recording in photo booth and they're just talking so what is separating me from watching it or doing it and it's the it's in front of the camera it's the confidence it's being able to have life experience it's being funnier mm -hmm. it's having stories there's all these different things all these skills that i can build i don't need a teacher to teach yeah. me that this is something that it, it's you it's your personality so how do i how do i become interesting uh and then i made my my first 30 dollars i made when i was 14 when i, I had google adsense and i'm still suing google for 200,000, by the way wow. but i want to make my first 30 on google adsense i bought this pillow and so on, it's like this pillow with a round thing on the back and you could rest your arms on it. And I ordered it on Amazon and then it shipped it to my house. It was made all with AdSense money from playing Call of Duty. And then every day I come home from school and I'd see that pillow and I'd sit on it. I'm rich I'm, now. And I'm like, look what I did. Like I, I bought this with YouTube. I would just sit there and I'd feel like a king because look, look, look what the possibilities are of the internet. Look what, what it could do. And so this was, I want to kind of get into like, I want to hear from your perspective, like your backstory a little bit or your come up or whatever. So you were how old then? 14. 14. And yeah. so you started what kind of content? It was like gaming, right? Call of Duty commentaries. Nice. Which Call of Duty? Black Ops 2. That was me too. Yeah, yeah Black Ops 2 was the big one. But even before then, I started on World at War. But yeah, the first commentaries of Black Ops 2 and then uh, Call of Duty Ghosts, the game sucked. <laughs> Black Ops 2 was the, was the, the OG game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then where did it kind of progress from there? Like what was like throughout the years? So I sucked at Call of Duty. I, w I was really bad at it. I just wanted an excuse to talk. So I, I didn't even put my face on the camera for a long time. It was just me playing the video games. Hey guys, welcome back to another video. Today's gameplay I'm playing on Hijacked and I'm going to be doing tricky no scope 360. And was this on that same channel that you, first, that you had? That got I, I never deleted any of the old okay. videos. That's why it really... Um, I talked to Steve will do it sometimes. He got, he got terminated too. And he's like, man, it's like, I'm depressed. Like, but you did it for a year. Mm -hmm. I had, I went through puberty on Sneeko, that channel, the whole thing. I left it all up. You know, what? a lot of people are like, Oh, I deleted it. Cause I'm going to change my opinion. Shut yeah. up, nerd. I kept everything on there in order to show my growth. You could see me like squeaking. And then I even did a face cam video, face reveal for the first time. Hey guys, this is what I look like, everything. And then I removed the gameplay cause I sucked. And then I just started talking. Uh, and then I started doing street interviews. Then I started going outside. Then I started talking to different people. Then I started doing scripted commentaries. Then I started doing political commentaries. Then I started getting political. So it, it was all just one big uh, growth. I, that's why I liked it because you could see me grow in real time. Like every mm -hmm. single video was progression. It, it was life. It was change. And they, they terminated all of it. So, But it's on, the, it's on the creativity kit now. What does your – I'm curious because you've obviously blown up in the past year, right? Like your name has become – synonymous like all over tiktok right yeah well, what does that strategy look like for doing that like i see i see these short form accounts everywhere right i see sneaker clips stuff like that is that you do you have a team doing that is that just i don't have fans? anybody doing it i i had uh one viral one editor and i was like sometimes the um, the take guys they, they started texting me like because uh, obviously they're locked up and there's less stuff to clip up they're like they, they there's some social media marketing teams and in the creativity got to teach you how to make, make an agency and stuff like that. A lot of people need that. I don't, I don't have anybody. It's all just people who clip it up, people who enjoy the message, people who want to grow a TikTok account. We teach you how to do that, how to edit it. But I, I, don't, I don't pay anybody to do it. 
it's mostly because I, I speak a lot of truth and, and people resonate with that. And also if you speak with conviction, if you speak, if you have, if you're funny, if there's a good variety, if you're talking to girls, that's good. You need to speak quickly. You need to have, be articulate. You need to have a good vocabulary and it's gotta be concise. I, now in when I, I do podcasts, I think in terms of like, how could I say this in 10 seconds so that somebody can clip it up without me stuttering so that it could be a TikTok? Yeah. Because if, if in that moment, if I went, so but you guys, like it's not gonna get clipped up. So I, I got better at articulating, speaking faster. But that's from years of experience. When I first started, when I first was doing it, if you watch my first YouTube video, it's just like, and today I'm gonna be playing good black ops. Um, I'm gonna be. Uh, this is the gun. This is a LMG. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. But you get better uh, with time. It's a skill. And speaking is a really powerful skill that everybody, every entrepreneur, every uh, business owner should get into, especially no matter what you do. We all want to have an online business. We don't want to be locked down to any location. You should be able to get on a podcast and speak. I have a lot of guys who they have different, um, different agencies, different crypto, NFT, uh, online businesses, guys who are starting tattoo shops that I talk to. And they're like, I, I want to have a con uh, more content. I want to start an Instagram page. I want to do this. And I need to have what type of content like you should be able to start a podcast like in the tattoo shop. You know, yeah. if you have you in the other tattoo parlor and you're talking about stories about people coming in and wanting to get an infinity sign tattooed, tattooed on their ass or like drunk people coming in. There's so many stories that I would want to hear if you could set it up in the tattoo shop. Say you have like the buzzer sound in the background. You have like the tattoo visuals. If you were able to go and learn how to be articulate, how to be entertaining and how to not care about the camera in front of you. There's a lot of traffic that you can drive into your shop based off that. You need to have a personality now. I mean, it's an attention economy. It's yeah. like not everybody wants to do this. Not everybody wants to be a personality, but that's the reality is that the people who are able to garner attention, those are going to be the billionaires in the next 10 years. Mr. Beast, for example, I used to work with him mm -hmm. and we grew up actually doing Call of Duty commentaries at the same time. Guy's 24. You know, everybody yeah. thinks he's in his 30s. He just cured a, th a thousand blind people. Guy's 24 years old mm -hmm. and he's going to be the next Elon Musk. Like that's without a doubt, everybody understands that. I've, I've spoken to a lot of philanthropists that have worked with him and they understand like, yeah, this is the guy. And I'm, I'm telling you, I've known him since he was 19. He had that entrepreneur mind, uh, mindset before I even really understood how to get there. And it confused me. But now, now I see it and I get it. And this guy has, has uh, unmatched potential. He is going to be that Mark Zuckerberg, Mr. Beast. He is the visionary and yeah, so th that's the attention economy. That th those are the people. Like the Logan Paul wants to run for president. Whether or not you like him, like th that's th that's what it is. It's going to be a TikTok. It's going to be Bryce Hall in the White House, man. He's going to be Bryce Hall is going to have the nuclear codes. It is what it is. So we got to pr start preparing for that. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like social media. I don't. A lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs should learn to get used to it because you're going to fall behind. And there's just a big, a big avenue to. This is what it is now. Yeah. This, this is literally what it is. Like you mentioned the barber or you mentioned someone who owns a salon or, you know, some small business owner and they have the, the pizza shop. Mm -hmm. But if nobody knows it's the best pizza shop because they go on social media and you're not there, you're, no one's coming to your pizza shop. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, that's the game now, mm -hmm. which is combining those great <clears throat> skills, those great products with the attention on these platforms. Yeah. That's so that's what Nick and I do too. Like we help people with organic content, <clears throat> mainly like Twitter, IG, whatever. Um, that's our company launch socials and okay. we and I like I love hearing the you have a very like qualitative creative approach which is kind of how I do things and, and think a lot of the time uh, but I think it's really interesting too when you talk about like content not only just from a, a money-making mechanism and a way to get customers get traffic get attention but I think it's really important now 
that just in terms of, of life, like a lot of the stuff that, that you put out that gets clipped up, you know, talking about intersexual dynamics or, uh, you know, any of these, you know, more, I guess, controversial topics, like it's super important. Like I look at it at this point that if you have a, a masculine voice that is based upon truth, you need to be sharing that shit or else it, like it's over, you know, like yeah. the, cause mm-hmm. you know, we could have Bryce Hall in the white house or whatever. And I don't have anything against Bryce Hall at all, but just like, you don't want it to be the like TikTokified zombie brain hive mind yeah. running the algorithms or the, the discourse, the narrative, you know, we want to have people that, that are really thinking critically about things and ultimately creating the dominant idea that is right. Well, the reality is everybody messages me and I know from a lot of TikTok insiders, TikTok employees, they, if they report a Sneeko TikTok or a Tate TikTok immediately gets taken down. Wow. I, if they, if I didn't uh, get censored actively on TikTok, I'm banned on TikTok, by the way. Um, and Twitter, Twitter got back, Twitch, YouTube, all banned. But TikTok, I have heard from employees that if they get a report to just take it down. So they're, they're actively silencing this message. So there must be something there. Everybody understands that they understand what men are supposed to be turning into. I don't know if you watched the Grammys recently, but if you've seen um, that bot, Sam Smith, just trying to, to piss off conservatives by literally doing a satanic ritual. It used to be subtle. It used to be like you would play a Jay-Z song in reverse from 2000. Remember those like Illuminati videos from mm-hmm. 2005? They're yeah. like, how Michael Jackson really died. And then they'd play like, uh, mama say, mama saw, mama go saw. Mama say, mama say, Satan, Satan, Satan. And they're like, whoa, this ain't Satan. Now they're just at the Grammys saying, look, we worship Satan. We do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then all the dancers are trans. They're depressed. They're gender fluid. Just every single woke idea is in one performance. Satan, trans people, they, them. And then guess what happens right after? Sponsored by Pfizer. <laughs> It's like it writes itself. It's like a Family Guy skit writing what would piss off conservatives, but that's what they do, and that's what they want men to become. Sam Smith, like, I have never, I don't even know who this guy is. This is the first time I heard about him, but, like, he, he's overweight as shit. He's depressed. He talks about it on the news all the time. He's gender fluid. He's just every single thing that the TikTok program machine wants you to become, and now you end up worshiping Satan. So... You have to actively fight it and you have to actively become better. Every, you have to actively resist it. There's no mm-hmm. more in the West for, for young men. It's no more that you could just like be happy, watch a Tom Brady football game, play some sports, and just live a good life. You need to actively resist all the programming because if you just end up – if you just – you're going to become a depressed they, them, Satan worshiper. There's no more conservative the, – the conservative bullshit doesn't work anymore. Like, it doesn't fly. Like, I feel like conservatives are – Oh, like I just, we just want to like. It's in your face now. Yeah, you I can't just want to. I just want to be by myself. I want to do my thing, libertarian, whatever, blah blah blah. It's kind of gay. It's pretty much what it is because, like, it's like you said, it's in your face. It's blatant, and you're gonna sit there and let it happen to you. At least speak up about it. Yeah. Right. At least. Oh no, I don't want to controversy. Da, da, da. And that was kind of my point. Like, not only as a money making mechanism, but for your neighborhood, mm-hmm. for the society you live in, like. You need to share those things because if everybody that believes in the right stuff is just silent. And, and, you know, let's talk about one of the other problems. People are afraid to share their thing. One, everyone is depressed, whatever, because of the bullshit food that is is out there and all the drugs and and shit like that. And then the the other problem is people are scared because they don't want to get canceled like Sneeko. Right, so they're gonna they're gonna say the goes right, right here live in the flesh doing better than ever. Nice mm-hmm. man. Yeah, I Bigger really I beat it on Rumble, which is uh, 
after all this time on YouTube, people who are so afraid of getting canceled. You know what the most annoying part about this is when people say, well, I just don't want to offend anyone, but this is just stop prefacing. Well, uh, well, this is it, just what I think. It, just say what you think. It waters the message down. Just completely. say what you think because you're allowing them to to get into your head. If I if every time mm -hmm. I said like, well, this might hurt somebody's feelings, I would be saying that every other sentence. This might get me canceled. This I don't know who I'm going <laughs> to offend, but by the way, the camera's unplugged. I don't know if you noticed that. We're good. We're good. Okay. How did you? You know, were you? You're from New York, right? Yeah. The city. Yeah, Brooklyn, but I mostly grew up in New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. So uh, both of those places are uh, very left-leaning, right? Very much so in that sort of zeitgeist. How did, when did you start thinking, have you always thought this way and kind of, you know, because back then, like, how old are you now? 24. 24, so you're our age. Like, so when you're making videos and you're 14, that's like 2012-ish or something like that, right? It wasn't like this back then, you know what I mean? Like, everything was more... It still was, though. There was a specific moment I remember. How did you get into like dissident thought, I guess, is my question. I've always questioned it. I've always, I've not liked how I was always trained to, to think against what my natural state is. And I was thinking about this yesterday. I remember being six years old in the grocery store and the first time I saw two guys kiss. Uh. And my reaction was, <laughs> I was standing next to my mom. My mom, we were, we were like shopping and I went, I went loud. I went, eh, like I made a thing of it. And she went, no, you can't do that. That's homophobic. That's bad. They, they're just, they love each other. And then that was the first time I'm trained. So now the next time I see two beards collide like Velcro and there's just scraping, kissing <laughs> in the middle of stop and shop. Now I'm going to go, that's fine. That's okay. And I'm forcing myself to not react how I naturally want to react, which is what the fuck? Six-year-old me's no. Ah, ah, there's something wrong about that. That's what I naturally think. It's like maybe naturally I am homophobic. I guess not scared, but just grossed out by two beards colliding. Yeah, biological. biological. But they're telling you that that is wrong. It's like it's even if you don't, don't want to say I, even gay people. I don't give a fuck. But say you're in the, I'm in an elevator and I'm seven, right? And I see a fat person. We've all seen this. And there's a little kid, and the the guy's belly like bumps into you when he's touching the button and you go, you're fat. And then your mom says, don't do that. Don't say that. And now you're training yourself. You got to dial it back. But that's what your actual, your real thought is you're fat, which is the funniest thing. Like that's yeah. just like, that's just objectively funny. But there's all these conditions that we have to condition ourselves to not offend other people. Right. That's understandable. Like that can hurt somebody's feelings, but that being normalized is, is, is a part of the, the social programming. And, and I was always really keen to stuff like that. Like the, why am I not allowed? Because I've always trusted my intentions were good. Like I, there's no way at six, I'm a bad person that I'm like, I'm a homophobic. I hate gay people when I'm six, I'm just six. But I was always aware about how they were trying to change what I naturally wanted to do based on the, the social programming around me. Like they, they always told me I had ADHD. They told me I had mental illness. They told me there were things wrong with me. I'm a bad person. Yeah. They said, uh, like, I got in trouble for bullying, for all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm just trying to be funny. Yeah. So I always knew that my intentions were good, but people were insisting I was bad. And I didn't want to believe that. I didn't want to, to let them be right. I didn't want them to insist that there must be something wrong with me. Was there a point where it like became very like visceral for you, where it, like you a distinct shift? So you always kind of naturally, and I think all three of us and a lot of the people that we talk to or interact with or in our network, like the entrepreneurial type people or people willing to go against the grain, you hear the same things, right? I was ADHD, I was, you know, bullying or 
I was, you know, loud in class. I didn't, I wanted to know why I had to follow these orders, right? Like you just yeah. naturally have that kind mm-hmm. of instinct. I definitely had it. I was a hellion in like junior high, high school, whatever. Um, but for me, it was like, it became very real that there is a something pushing me. I remember um, during the, like when Trump announced he was going to start running, I was a junior in high school then, I believe. Yeah, we were yeah. same year. Yeah, I was a junior in high school, and I remember seeing, like, starting to see the stuff where it was, like, white men are the devil, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I was like, damn, like, all the white men I know are, like, pretty sweet. Like, That's my dad crazy. goes to work, does his stuff. My grandpa, like, was a basketball coach, insurance agent. Like, you know what I mean? It was just, like, super weird to me. That's like, exactly when it started, too. Yeah. 2016 seems like it's forever ago. Yeah, that was when the portal opened. Yeah. Summon the demons. That's when I went down the Alex Jones portal like part two and i got super just red pilled like oh my god like this is what's happening like conspiracy theorists to the max yeah like i remember always having kind of a similar gut instinct like that but then i saw that type of shit and i was like hold on that's weird and just started digging into stuff and then you just unveil everything and realize how just how fucked up it all yeah is. How you inherently up. like no mm-hmm. and then you start searching yeah, and then, and then it kind of like pops up, and then you you kind of see things that confirm what you're. But you, you got to go to Bitshoot, you know. You got to go to Infowars and Rumble to figure yeah. it out. See, they're not going to have it. On, used to have it. Yeah, YouTube before Google sold out to the advertisers and Susan yep. took over. Ugh. But I remember, it's 2016 was the biggest test. I voted for Trump in 2016, and I had a MAGA shirt. And then uh, my sister tried to burn it and like, like stole it from. And then I remember I wore it the day that <laughs> the day that Trump won was just the funniest day of all time. I went to this liberal school and the teachers were, were crying and like <laughs> it was just they I were tearing up. On. They brought they literally brought in therapy dogs <laughs> to go pet. Teachers canceled class to go pet dogs, and I'm just there like MAGA, like wearing my shirt. But then the death stares I got from everybody, and, and this was a big flip because I used to. Um, admittedly, I used to profit off of that, like white men are the devil thing. I, I, cause I'm like a minority. So that was a way to get cool points to be like, yo, white people can't dance. Haha. You know, st- stupid jokes mm-hmm. like that. But then I noticed the flip. Cause not only did the liberal white people like give me dirty looks, but also the black people were like slavery is coming back. Cause Trump, like, why do they even think that? And they were looking at me like this racist and I'm like, Whoa, everyone's against me. So, and then I went to college in New York. And that was a big flip, like the liberal hive mind, like matrix people, everyone's depressed, they, them, they were go protesting random climate change mm-hmm. nonsense. And I was an undercover Trump supporter for my whole time at college before I dropped out. I was really, I remember going to like frat parties with uh, my black friends and like the frat people would have like Trump uh, MAGA posters in the basement. And I'd be like, that's messed up. Look at these. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm a fraud. I'm lying. I like Trump. Yeah. But you had to... Yeah, it, it was tough. Like when you grow up in these liberal cities to, to believe what you really believe and not get outed or you, you're afraid, you're afraid of the cancel culture and you just got to embrace it, man. You don't, don't, don't make that mistake. I remember I had my, I had my MAGA hat and I was wearing that at high school and then I wore it to college and I, I lasted two months in college before I, I dropped out, but not like, I, I would like wear it like once in a while, just like goofing around, whatever. Cause I knew it was going to trigger people. Yeah. And I didn't want to, like, cause a big, big stir, big scene. But when I would wear it, people would obviously talk shit to me, right? And like, oh, why would you wear that? You're racist. That's bad. I'm like, well, explain to me why. And there's never, well, he's just bad. I'm like, who, who's yeah. telling you? It's the media. It's the programming. Like, everyone, I think, is inherently born, based, and, and knows kind of 
what's right mm-hmm. versus what's wrong. And then we get programmed, like you were talking about, at six years old in the grocery store, the, the gay thing, right? And you have those instances, and then the, you see the media, and you just kind of believe it. You get pushed into society, and then that's your belief. Well, t- to me, it's like, you know, and I always, you talk about like your, your, your mantra, or at least that's my interpretation, is like truth through funny, mm-hmm. right? And I always look at it as like, you know, essentially what is truth? Like truth is something that comes from source, which to me is God, right? And it's just like all of these things are really just natural, like right. like natural law stemming from mm-hmm. God. It's the way the world works, right? Like right. you're supposed to have homogenous in-group preference. That's natural. Like it's not a weird thing at all. You know, you're supposed to want to have a wife or wives and have children and procreate like that's natural. All these things are natural and they're just like whitewashing it down to the point where they're just, they're basically just inverting God at every, at every point they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And just that's, that's that what note, it ends it's up super, being. It's super demonic. Every time I see just like a blue haired with like the, the nose ring. The witch nose ring. It's yeah, like yeah. it's literally like a bone marrow witch. And, and they all walk around in their little groups, maybe one or two of them, and they're all doing weird things together, you know, sexually. That's just disgusting. It's like demonic because it's opposite of what – it's opposite of it's the opposite biology. Of what, what God wants. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then you end up like what they're doing at the, the – they're celebrating how demonic they are. Mm-hmm. They literal sat- satanic ritual. All they thems. They have cut off titties, cut off dicks. They're fat as shit, and they're, they're they thems. And it really, all the conspiracy theorists, the Westboro Baptist Church, the the hardcore Islamic people, all of them. I remember thinking back to like when we were we were kids, like in the in the two thousands, and the people would say like, "Gay marriage is a path to sin. It's going to go." And then you'd be like, "Oh, come on, it's fine." Like, no, like they were warning us, and then they, we would label them racist. They're crazy conspiracy theorists. They're there's, but they were right. Because would you ever have thought in 2007 when Bush was president, we were kids, that, pe- that you could get on TV and worship the devil yeah. and it would be okay. And it's, it's how far it's getting is, uh, is alarming for the, for the next generation. It's, but it's, that, that is true. The, the seek truth through funny is, is pretty much how I, I've faced um, my whole life to get around that. I, being at Trump, have you been to a Trump rally? Yep. It's so much fun. It's crazy. So much fun. It's, it's why, imagine Biden trying to get people riled up. And th- that was the big part of it. It was just, even though I was around all this programming and stuff like that, and I was still like believing in like a lot of bot ideas like, oh, Andrew Yang, universal basic income. It's just <laughs> garbage, right? But I'm like, Trump is funny. And I, I, we were doing these chants, lock her up, lock her. I'm like, yeah. And then a feminist would come up, a fat feminist with a sign, Trump's racist. And everyone would go, boo. And then they would get escorted out. We go, yeah. It was just like, it was like a sports game, but it was, it was, um, there, there was so much high energy there. There was a lot of hope and it, it felt like what America was supposed to be about. And it, Trump was just funny. He was just in there delivering material. I'm laughing. I'm there alone. I'm like 17, just going to a Trump rally just because it's like going to a concert mm-hmm. and I don't want to support any politician. I don't want anybody in charge that, that can't do that. A hundred percent. It's really interesting too. You talked about like, you know, Mr. Beast or Logan Paul running for president. And it's really cool to see like the, like Trump was so awesome simply because he had that cult of personality, like whatever he actually did or, or political beliefs or, or actions aside, like if you can't just sit there and and isolate it down to like, this guy is extremely charismatic. 
like there's just so much to be learned from that in and of itself. And, and I think one of the biggest things with Trump that, and they inherit, they attack this a lot, but mm-hmm. you inherently trust Trump because of what he built, right? He, he built the business. He's very charismatic. He has the social proof of like, I did this. I have all these employees, et cetera. And they constantly tried to tear that down, which is oh, the tax returns or he, no man, he's a fraud. He turned 1 mil into 4 billion. He's a fraud. <laughs> Exactly. They they attacked his social proof just consistently over and over and over again. And to me, that just proves that he was right. And he is, well, well we can get yeah, into a lot of things. But he's not the Trump that he was. We, we can get into a lot of things about that. He's yeah. not the Trump that he was in, in 2015, 2016. And he, I, I voted for him back then because he was an outsider. But in a lot of ways, he did become an insider. He did mm-hmm. lose a lot of that high energy. He ended up shilling for Israel a lot for holding the gay pride flag. He pushed the vaccine and he's yep. afraid to go and admit that he was wrong about that. He, there's a lot of things that he, he compromised, and he was even, he was pro-lockdown. There was a lot of, he made a lot of mistakes. And there's a lot of stuff that he said he was going to accomplish that just didn't happen. He it, wanted to drain the swamp and kind of stepped in there and got stuck. Yeah, it's really, can I'm not a, like, I voted for him in 2016, but I'm not a, wanted him to win in 2020, right? And then that was obviously a whole thing. But I'm not a big Trump guy. And I think that's a really that's something I wanted to talk to you about, too, because like, you know, I think with the kind of ideas that that you propagate and believe in, I think that there is a lot of people that are like, number one, you shouldn't like, honestly, you probably shouldn't care about politics at all. To like, You should have some peripheral awareness of it. But like if you're a young guy and you're running around and you're like, all wrapped up in politics, you're mm-hmm. fucked. You're, you're, it's just over probably. Um, cause you have to build, it doesn't help you. And I think also too, like there's a lot of this stuff in the, the sort of like the edgier thought space that exists on the internet today, which obviously you're at the forefront of. Um, I think there's a lot of things too with those, with that kind of, with the general discourse that's going on there. That's also pushing young guys towards, a not so good message and I was really happy or like just kind of it was cool to see like you pushing like the gym stuff super hard so I own a fitness company that's how I get into a lot of this stuff is like just learning a lot about health and how fucked the healthcare system and the food and all this stuff is in the United States and so I was really happy to see that because I think a lot of guys who believe in this kind of stuff they also really lose their path and they get locked into like Chick-fil-a conservatism you know cargo shorts and cargo shorts and fucking Chick-fil-A nuggets and like just all this, they're just externalizing their life or it's like, to me, there's like that path or, you know, they're, they learn this stuff and get like way too far down the rabbit hole and like almost isolate themselves from society or they're like get into super degenerate shit. You know, they understand sexual dynamics and now they're just like having random sex all the time with girls they don't want to, you know what I mean? So it's really, uh, it's an interesting thing. I, I would love to hear your thought on like that whole point in general and overall I was just like happy to see like pushing the like super positive gym message and stuff like that I spoke to uh, do you guys know Luke Belmar yeah I've seen him you know what I'm talking about uh, yeah I know who you're talking I about I spoke to him, him back in um in August in July I went to Puerto Rico and stayed at his home and he basically kind of he was telling me a lot of the stuff uh and that was back when I was just really full red pill rage and just yelling into the camera mm-hmm. about everything and about all the program. I was realizing a bunch of this stuff. And when you're in that space and you're alone and there's not really anybody around, it's mm-hmm. just, all your friends are Fortnite players and stuff like that, you're going to go kind of like, what the? Yeah. And then he was just like, you're right about everything. 
you know, the food is poisoning you, social media is programming you, like it goes really, let me go and tell you a lot of stuff. And he was telling me that you, you should be, what you should embody, like what you're doing now, it's funny, it's getting views, stuff like that, but you're just yelling about feminists. What would, the best thing to do is to be an example for, for these young guys in every single way, like in terms of fitness, finance, exposing the truth, politically, like just everything that, everything against exactly what they're, they're programming. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm trying to embody that now. I've been, I've been in the gym consistently for about a month and a half, up 10 pounds, post every single day, like uh, some message, like yeah. I, I think the trend is cool. Like I could be watching porn right now, but I'm yeah. in the gym. I could have be simping for some girl. I could've could have been be, scrolling. Could have been scrolling. Could have been on that. TikTok. I didn't want to, I didn't want to go today, but I'm here, like I'm sweating. And then everybody posts and we're, we're motivating each other, like correcting each other's form. And, and every, I want to be the best in every single metric that a, a man should be. And that's why I think people should watch is to see the growth, right? That's why I kept on my, my bot tube channel for so long is because you could see me go from Call of Duty to where I'm at now. I want to be able to see, I want people to see and watch me grow my business and watch me, you know, get fit and get better every single day. One of the criticisms that I get from the soy boys and the feminists is like, this so-called alpha male Sneeko, clip the part where I call myself an alpha male. Clip it. They will say that way more, more than anybody else in the red pill space says that because they're like, oh, you think you're like so cool? Like, no, I'm trying to get better every day. I'm trying to learn more every day. I'm 24. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything, obviously. I grew up making bot tube videos. What the, I, my life experience is like the businesses I've started. Of course, I'm traveled. I've went through a lot of experiences. But overall, like everything is documented. I want people to be able to see that. We pretend like you have to be the perfect person and as if you know everything, but my whole brand and everything is being able to critically think, challenge my ideas. I engage in a lot of debates. I've changed my opinions about things and it's because people grow, people change and people become better. I want people to see me become alpha, right? I never once called myself that, but feminists will use that. The, one of the, the main tactics for the, for the young guys listening, they'll try to do is the shaming and the guilt mm-hmm. and trying to like, oh, you think like, what are you like insecure or something? They'll, they'll just try to belittle you. But men know inherently that the happiest moments of your life are your most masculine moments, right? Like when you score a goal and then you do that big, see the Ronaldo celebration. Or when you're watching UFC and the guy knocks you out, like that punch is what you frame, that knockout punch to win you the, the world title. Right when you you have up here the the plaque for yeah, having a million um, sales with ClickFunnels, like that moment is just like, look what I've accomplished, yeah. look what I did. I did better than all the people that didn't. The happiest moments of a man life are when you are your most masculine. So we all mm-hmm. understand this. Maybe people don't know how to put it into words, but that's what the soy boys, the feminists, the liberals will do to try to bring you down and try to make you on their level. Because deep down, it's not really an ideological difference. It's jealousy. These mm-hmm. the men that that try to cancel you. And then celebrate when I get banned or whatever, or when Trump's like, oh, look at Trump. He's like tr- stupid coffee <clears throat> that they'll try to bring you down because it's they have internal resentment. They haven't accomplished anything that no. they're not in the gym, that mm-hmm. they are not pursuing their dreams, that they gave up, that they scroll all day, that they're depressed and they're eating garbage food and they don't have enough mental willpower to get up in the morning. It's resentment. So. For all the guys watching, just be able to bob and weave all of that. Like just every time they try to shame and guilt you and try to say you're a bad person. I've been called everything. I've been called a racist, a misogynist, incel, homophobe, transphobe. The, the funniest thing is racist. Like they're actually writing political articles calling you. Who am I racist to? Who would I? Who? 
If I'm if I'm joining right wing yay twenty four campaign, black president, I'm mixed. I'm who would I be racist to? And it's funny. It's it's written by a pasty white soy boy liberal. Like those are the the people I would steer away from the most. And Malcolm X even said it. One of my my biggest role models. He said in a speech in the sixties that the greatest threat to America is the white liberal. And people don't know how to criticize that. The funniest part is the liberals don't know how to get around that point because if they criticize somebody black, they're called a racist. So when Matt Walsh goes to Africa and he starts asking the Maasai tribe, what is a woman? And they say a woman is a, a, a woman with a vagina, a mm-hmm. person with a vagina. And he's like, well, what if I'm gender fluid? What if I'm, he's just asking the Western questions. What if I'm a man and a woman at the same time? And they just go, ha ha ha, idiot, stupid white guy. They're just laughing about how ridiculous this stuff is. The Messiah tribe is like, what if I cut my penis off and I change my gender? Mm-hmm. What if I cut, and they're just like, no, you're, you're crazy. Yeah. You're crazy. But all the, the white liberals will just avoid that point and call Matt, Walsh to transfer because it's easy because they're following that narrative. White man, bad, white man, bad. But when they see like a natural uh, black tribe in Africa, they don't know how to navigate that because it goes against their entire worldview. They're taught that this, I'm on the good side. I'm not racist. I'm not racist. It's complete garbage. But yeah, Malcolm X said that and it is the greatest threat because those people will pretend like you're, they're your friend. They'll, they'll pretend like they have good intentions, like they are the morally good person, but they're not. They're doing it to try to feel good internally. They're snaky people. Those are the people that are going to go behind your back and do some and cancel you. They don't actually have real friends. I've seen it time and time again with white liberals. They'll go and they'll they'll go like the under. This is actually what he's really doing. They'll they'll be like always talking shit about somebody that's close to them, and it's just mm-hmm. this this snaky like I'm good. I'm the good person. It, it, there's the, you can't trust these people. And, and Malcolm X was completely right. Yeah, it's uh, really interesting. Like Malcolm X is would be a so much is so much better of an influence to the the black community in my opinion than like let's say a Martin Luther King in my opinion. Like I agree. He's he's pushing like owning your own businesses and and having that control and autonomy. And it's really funny. Yeah. I have a one of my really close friends is black, and he was he said that to somebody and it melted their brain. It was hilarious. Melted their brain why? Because they were taught the, all the bot stuff. Martin Luther King is the best person yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of Martin Luther King was in a lot. He was propped up by a lot of these people mm-hmm. and he wasn't as morally good as people think. He, uh, he was kind of a degenerate. He was doing a lot of drugs and he was paying for a lot of prostitutes. But he had this good. Uh, what do he do? Like Mark? Oh, look, he's walking across a bridge. Like what, what are his? He's also a communist. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And we celebrate him. But there, there's so many people that we don't have days for. But you have a holiday for that. Yeah. Malcolm X actually. And I really appreciate his journey. If you, if you look at Malcolm X, I think it's actually very similar to what Andrew Tate is going through. And, but it's funny, you don't see the, the soy boy liberals, you don't see them criticizing Malcolm X for his criminal past. Malcolm X was a street pimp. Malcolm X was a drug addict. Malcolm X was a violent criminal. Malcolm X was, doing, was involved in a lot of degeneracy and he found the Nation of Islam in prison and then he started going on a path to, to a better life. And then... He started speaking. He started becoming more articulate. He became really smart in jail, reading a lot of books. And he was a very powerful speaker and people respected him. And he was also pro-segregation. A lot of the white conservatives actually believed in what he was saying. They agreed with him. He was saying that we should go and create our own communities. That We're never going to get along with white people. He was pro-segregation. We need to become autonomous ourselves. We need to create our own businesses, our own schools. Black people need to go and unite together. Um, the white man is never going to, is going to help us. And white people are like, yeah, good. 
I like segregation. And then he's ended up becoming on a better path even further. He went to Mecca. He had his Hajj. He became a real Muslim. And then he said, you know what? Actually, peace is good. We should try to get along. Kill him. They don't like peace. They don't yeah. want you to be saying that. They liked him when he was pro-segregation, but as soon as he started saying unity, they killed him. And I'm seeing the same. It's kind of a similar path with, with Andrew and Tristan. Andrew and Tristan, you know, online pimps, you could say. I, I wouldn't say the word pimp, but, you know, kind of degenerate, you could say, making money from, from cam girling. And then they, they go, get falsely imprisoned. Same thing with any, any revolutionary. And, but they have a, a stronger message. They are, they're inspiring the male youth. And it, it transitioned from, from them being, there's even, there's old tweets and stuff like that. You can see that they're saying, like they didn't, they were kind of ruthless with their business mm -hmm. mindset. They're like, I don't care if guys are going to simp, I'm going to go make money off it. I'm going to profit off of it. That's probably the same mindset that Malcolm X had. But as you mature and as you become better, you start to realize what your greater purpose is. And that's what they should be remembered for. But the, the soy boy liberals and everybody, they're trying to, to paint it out as if they are just known for that. And I'm not trying to discredit that, but they should be remembered for what they're really doing and for, for inspiring and telling the truth for young men in a world where everything is trying to distract you and bring you down and make you depressed, make you fat and make you cut your penis off. Yeah, that was, and that was kind of my, you know, when I was talking about like the different paths that people who maybe believe in this stuff can kind of go is like transmutation, like taking, you know, it is, it's not easy to do any of these things to take accountability and ownership for yourself and to make something happen in this world, in the current climate we it's live in. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. And you're probably going to go through, I've done things that like, I don't, you know, like, or I'm not like proud of or whatever, like said things I maybe didn't fully believe or whatever. Like we've all made mistakes and it's not easy thing to go take accountability and ownership of your life as a young man now, because there's just so much noise. There's so much bullshit, but I think it's really, really important for anyone listening to this or any, you know, young guys that are maybe listening to your message or listening to Tate's message and like take that and take all the negative stuff and really transmute it and be like the best example any of us possibly could be online in walking around in real life. Yeah. Like, I just think it's super important. And then yeah. another point I wanted to touch on too, is just, you were talking about, you know, them using the shame and the guilt to, to cancel. Like we even see this just posting content, you know, you'll mm -hmm. see something pops off a little bit and you got, TikTok got TikTok bots in there, fucking oh the fucking alpha male takes da da da, and yeah. it's it's at the end of the day, every it's, time pe nobody wants to nobody wants to be serious. Like everybody's scared to be serious, so they'll just irony and like yeah. all this bullshit because they're afraid to fucking put their name on it and stand up for what they I believe. I think one in. of the yeah. biggest kind of like things that we've talked about in the past hour here is programming, and programming is really the the biggest like in anything there, people are programmed not to state their opinion and not be real because they're, they're now scared of, of getting canceled or mm -hmm. having someone else judge their opinion right and i think for us what we're building with with our company one of our one of our kind of selling points our marketing points is content war and the mainstream has this idea that they try to program you with to basically take away your energy and take away your, your vibrancy and make you a shell of yourself, right? And demonic. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're programming you to be. And we have an opportunity with content war or whatever to help people grow their brands and wage war back on the other side. And I think it's obviously Sneeko is doing that himself. And I'm curious in your mind, is there like a greater mission that you're building towards or is this still just fun for you? You're trying to get rich 
and you, you enjoy being famous or is there a bigger mission to help it's, guys? It's not about fame at all. Um, fame is, it's fleeting, it's cool, but otherwise, like, what is it really? It's people come up to you, they smile, they take a picture, they move on, you shake someone's it, hand. It, it's a tool, in my, in my opinion. It's a tool, like, I mean, but where, where does it really even become that useful? Like, at a club, like, a bouncer will know you and I get in, that's, that's it, you know? Yeah. It's not really that much of, and also the, the fame that I have is very controversial, so people don't want to associate with me. There's people sure. from, from back in New York that I've done collabs with people that I used to work with that are afraid to even associate with me. I, I've had so many people be like, no, nah, I can't, I just, I can't do it again. Like they, they, <laughs> they, they get, they get afraid. So you, you alienate a lot of people talking about this stuff. Um, I've talked about this, but yeah, there's, there's so many people that, that are afraid to even to, to be around me for, for what I talk about. So it's not about fame. It's, it's the highest form of human achievement is inspiration. And that, that's the greater goal. So there's never a goal where I'm going to be like, I did it. It's over. But I just, I love to inspire. I like when I, I was at the beach the other day and there's these, um, I was just laying down, I was with a girl and there were these nine-year-old kids and they're jumping in the pool uh, by the beach and they're like, yo, it's Nico. They come up to me, they, we take some pictures and these kids are like eight and nine years old. And I'm just thinking that they could so easily go down the path of saying, what are you like an alpha male? Like they could so easily watch the satanic Grammys performance and end up cutting off this and becoming they, them and becoming depressed. And I would just, and then we ended up playing soccer for a while and um, we're just doing like what men do, you know, like, oh, you suck. Like doing slide tackles, the kids are getting aggressive and I'm just like, I'm juking them around and I'm just trying to, that's that, that motivation that, that men need. That's the type of energy that men need to be around. And it so easily could have been like, that's problematic. Why would you go say, you know, I would like, I even slapped a kid in the back of the head where we're playing soccer. And he goes, ow. And then he comes back and like hit, but that's, that's what you need. You need to do some of that because men are, are being trained right now to become weak. And, but God loves strong men. God wants you to be strong. The devil needs you to be weak so that you're easily controlled, so that you're depressed, so that you are a consumer, so that you do exactly, so that you worship the self, so that you are believing in astrology. So you put extrovert or introvert. I'm an introvert in your bio and your personality becomes your mental health. That's the garbage that they need you to be involved in. But God rewards strong men. God rewards hard work. And I, that's, that's, that's how I get happy. It's not about the money. The money's cool and it, I, it can be independent, stuff like that. But it's genuinely about doing the right thing and, and about inspiring because I think that's the most important thing you could do with your voice. I totally agree. What is your, do you have like a, like let's say maybe, you know, five years, do you have a vision that you're kind of working towards? What's your vision? I debate about this a lot because I don't, I'm not very optimistic about the West. I see the, the clown world nonsense that's happening, the, how they put gay pride flags in the classrooms mm -hmm. and how these kids are like, mommy, am I gay? And they're like three. And it's just, I'm seeing that the future of these people, I get criticisms from the trad cons and from the political people saying like, just leave, go out. Because sometimes I talk about moving to Dubai to get out of this. But I think you could still fight the programming of the West while not being in the West. Mm -hmm. The strength of the social media, you're able to go and fight this culture war without being here. I uh, spoke to Ryan Dawson. There, there's some really good interviews on my Rumble channel with Ryan Dawson. You probably don't know who he is, but he lives in Japan and he, he's left for a long time ago. I'm not going to get into what exactly got him canceled, but it, it, it goes it goes really far. Like, mm -hmm. If you really want to be red-pilled, I would go and watch his stuff and watch our conversations because it gets it's really dark. But you don't need to be here 
in order to fight this war. So in five years, I'm thinking about getting as much money as possible. I, I want to get to a five, $10 million net worth. And then as of now, maybe move to Dubai or have residencies in different places so that I am more global and I'm not tied down to this place because although I love it in America, but I, I just, I'm not very optimistic about raising children here, especially with yeah. all, all the teachers that you could see. I would check out libs of TikTok on Twitter, check out clown world on Twitter, seeing what they're trying to program our kids to become is, is disgusting. And I don't want to be a part of it. I think Miami is that lot. And that's probably why we're all here. It's kind of that last element of America that isn't entirely lost. Which is funny because it's like pretty much South America here. Yeah. Which is, I was going to say, that's, I'm kind of same wavelength as you, although I just, I really like like Southern South America. I could see that. I mean, a lot of it too is just like, you know, it's, it, life is a mirror and you can definitely find like good women here in Miami, but it's definitely, can you? you can, but <laughs> can it, you? it's, it's definitely, uh, have you? Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, I've met. There's some good girls, you know. You gotta, you gotta also. I think a lot of guys like, if you want to find good women, like a lot of guys are like, man, I can't find any good girls, and they're at live like twice a week. It's like, well, brother, like, <laughs> you might need to adjust your strategy. But um, where do you meet them? Yeah. Miami girls has just been just absolute oof. farmers market. There you go. Just in and about. It's like a lot of daytime stuff. You're not going to meet a good girl out at night, probably. And it, but again, my whole point is that there's not. It's definitely a small minority, right? But um, like I really like Latin America and Southern Latin America. I kind of just see that as a more like it's a better place to to raise children and build a family. Like you, it was really interesting. I was just down there like a month ago, and you'd see like just a lot of like girls going out to eat with their families. Like, it's crazy. You don't see that here. They're like, all no, you like, don't see it here at all. It's all the it's 20 at a table. Yeah. Mimosa <laughs> girls loading up the fucking brunch. Brunch hogs. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So you want to ultimately, you know, it's really interesting question, um, in terms of like staying or, or leaving. Um, I kind of debate with it and I mean, it's obviously America is great for business, right? It's the best economy in the world. Best place to um, and maybe Dubai. Isn't Dubai better? There's maybe. I eight, don't know. There's 8% business tax, maybe, but that's only for transactions that are physical. For online business transactions in Dubai, it's 0% tax. We were talking and, with Iman about this, too. Right. And most business, like, for the future, it's going to be online. Nobody wants to start a physical business anymore. Like, that's just the future for our entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Is it really better to be, in an, to be in America? Like, why? I think for funding VCs, that type of world, it is better because I don't think that access is over in Dubai. I was actually reading a tweet about this today. The guy had a whole thread about it. I think I saw that. Um, and it was like, how many startups have you actually seen come out of Dubai that are successful and, and like have an impact on the West? And sure, I mean, up until now, I can see that. But I think in the future, as things start to develop, as it gets worse here, because it's going to get worse. Yeah. It's just going to continue happening. Um, I think that we might see that uh, change a little bit. But I think part of it, too, is like I almost want to help make it better. It's a very lofty, the, the West or okay. America. Like, you know, it almost feels like just ab abandoning it to me. Like my family's here, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. It's 100%. a really, really interesting conversation, though, because if it if it gets worse, then, yeah, I'm out. Like, so, fuck it. So I, I kind of want to touch on the Kanye thing because. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, 
to me, it plays into this a little bit mm-hmm. because I think he's having that influence. He's running for president, right? He wants to have an impact mm-hmm. on the West. And I'm curious how you got involved with all that. Now, now having this conversation with you and meeting you in person, I can definitely see it way more. I'm like, why? Right? And I, I understand it more. But how did that come to be? Why are you a part of it? What, what are you trying to build there? I think that's he gives the same energy that Trump had in, in 2015, 2016. Dragon energy. Yeah, mm. the dragon energy, that high energy, something different, something new, an actual outsider, somebody who believes in God that goes against all the, the degeneracy and the programming, somebody who has a lot of belief, somebody who's not bought and sold. He's put everything on the line. There's no doubt that he <laughs> who, who would be telling who's in, in Ye's ear telling him what to do. There's, he's not controlled. Um, you can't control me. There's just, there's nothing that's holding him back. So I, I am hopeful about Yay 24. It's going to be interesting. Imagine on the debate stage and trying to, to get that to, because you have, you do have to fit into the, the political world somewhat. And he comes from music, entertainment, mm-hmm. architecture, stuff like that, fashion. It's going to be really interesting, but yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of, of Trump 2015. And I got involved through um, Milo, you know, the former Milo Yiannopoulos, the former campaign manager. And I guess that was a, a lot of it was my association with Nick Fuentes, which paid off uh, in a way, I guess. you could. Well, I don't know. It didn't pay off. But uh, I w- that was a big reason why I was canceled on YouTube was my association with him. Um, they saw that like, OK, well, you, you can have Nick Fuentes on your show, but you need to push back and you need to disagree. You need to call him a racist, anti-Semite, Holocaust denier. And I'm like, actually, I like this guy. Um, I think he's funny. He's cool. I'm like, hey, come on my show again. YouTube saw that. No, you're already talking about feminism. You're talking about 9-11. You got to go. Um, I think that was a big reason why I was canceled and why I'm not allowed on Twitch, why I'm banned on TikTok. I, I, I think I suffered, um, suffered a lot of consequences for not hating him and but I, I think that's a testament to, to anybody who's watching this. And the reason I say this is anybody's watching who doubts doing the right thing because of the social pressure and the, the bullying that big tech and the woke agenda has. Look at what is possible if you stay true to what you believe in, right? If you ask me, if you even ask me now or you ask me 10 years ago, who's the one person you want to meet living or dead? I would say Kanye West. Yay now. I would say him. And part of the reason that that happened was because I stayed true to what I believed in. And that's why he's successful. That's why people love his music and why people love him is because he's the representation of belief. Ye says, if you're a fan, you're not a fan of Kanye. Well, if you're a fan of Kanye West music, you're a fan of yourself because that was the reason why I wanted to drop out of college. Like I wanted to be college dropout. I wanted to go and be independent. I wanted to go follow my dreams. I wanted to go say what I believed in. I didn't want anybody to hold me back. I wanted to create something that was dope, something that was different. Mm-hmm. I wanted to really inherently be myself and I wanted to, to do what God wanted me to do. And that's everything that Ye is about. And if you really, if you follow your heart and you follow the right thing and you, you, you know you're doing the right thing, you know your intentions are good, the universe will reward you. Yeah, that's, uh, it's really interesting you say that. I, I dropped out after, well, my second semester in high school, I was technically in college. So I did four semesters, but I did three post high school graduation. And I remember um, I was writing like this Syrian refugee paper. And that was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Is writing that paper. I just could, I just didn't fucking care. And I was in there and like contemplating dropping out. And I was listening to college dropout, just like, uh, fuck, what song is it? There's like Last one. Last call? What is it? Last call, the last song. Might be. I might. I can't remember. I might have to look at the discography. But it's just funny because what I, song? I really want to know on College Dropout. <laughs> I'll tell you. 
I can name all the songs. Do you remember how it goes? What's the lyric? <laughs> no, I don't right now. I was listening to, to Ghost Town off of Yay. I was driving. I drove to South Carolina. I was in college. And I'm like, I hate this. I need to get out of here. So I just took my Nissan Altima 2003, drove all the way to Myrtle Beach, South, Car South Carolina. And um, I have the windows rolled down. And I feel kind of free. And I'm just like, man, I want to be free, bro. Uh, and that's when I decided. I just In that moment, I'm like, I'm dropping out, man. How old were you when you dropped out? I was... Like what year? College? 19. I, so you did two months. I did two years. I'm more gotcha. bot than you. You got more <laughs> dragon energy. You got two years to survive. Well, I, I put up with it. I should have did two when months. When did you know? When did you That's know? when I knew. That's when you... That's did, when did, I did you, feel kind of free. Did you have any like feeling beforehand of like, ah, oh, I got to get out of, of here? Of course I thought about it. Of course I thought about it for a long time. But that was the... It solidified. In that moment when I heard that lyric and I'm driving alone on the highway, windows down. I'm all the way in South Carolina doing my main character arc just like on a, some random road trip in the middle of nowhere. I'm just like, yeah, this is... this. I need to go and follow my heart. I, need, I can't be in school anymore. I can't let other people tell me what to do. I want to be free and I feel that dropped 100%. out right after that. For me, it was Gary Vee. I was watching Gary Vee. I was like, do I have to be in college? Like, how do I, I make money? Same thing how do I too. make money without school? Dude, this is and so then, funny. And then I started, I started watching Gary Vee videos and he's like, you don't have to fucking be in college. And um, Mommy and daddy aren't going to hold you back. You need to drop out of college right now. <laughs> and uh, I'm wearing a beanie. Okay. Couple, couple weeks later, I left and that was it. Yeah, shout out to Gary Vee. Got the uh, song? Oh, man, I feel like I'm looking at like What's the, the lyric? What's the lyric? It was I think it was uh school spirit where he says like I'm a well, I'm not gonna read this, but never ever come never ever never come back in style. Told him I finished school and I started my own business. They say, Oh, you graduated. I feel like there's like four songs after this. He said, <laughs> No, I decided I was finished chasing y'all dreams and what you got planned. Now I spit it so hot you got tanned. I don't know. There's a lot Wait, like, what's the I don't even know what song School Spirit. Wait, can I see the lyrics? Yeah. It was... It's so funny, you guys. I don't, it might not be it, but I just remember there's a, like a few bars off of college dropout where I was like, holy shit, man, I'm living this right now. And then I drive down to Florida 20 hours and it was just like <laughs> crazy. And I did the same thing too. So I'm like listening to those songs. I took like an Adderall to try to get this paper done. Didn't All I did was listen to music the whole fucking day for like 10 hours in the library. And I come back and I'm like, I smoke a little bit of weed and um, then I'm like, fuck, like, should I drop out of college? And then I see the Gary, I saw the Gary Vee video. Where he's like, if you're 20, you want it, you should go be Beyonce, man. You always <laughs> go back to school. And it was just fucking, it's just funny you mentioned both of those things. But yeah, man, it'll be really interesting to see um, for Kanye because, you know, he, he dropped the worst label of him, right? You can be racist, homophobic, whatever, but can't be an anti-Semite in America in 2023. That's the... That's well, not a 2023 in always. Well, yeah, true, true. It's always been that um, way. <laughs> it has always been that way. Um, but he dropped the, the worst label, and so he's going to have to fight that. That'll be interesting to see. But I really like, you know, like that aside, and I think a lot of that stuff, you know, too, is designed to create a contrasting narrative. Like he's a smart guy. It's not like he's just going out there like, you know, and Polar I think polarization. Yeah. And Attention. I think, and I, yeah. And I think he understands that very much like how Tate does and how you do, right? Like you guys, you know, people under people who are good at this stuff, understand how to wield attention and create a, a contrasting polarizing narrative. But like, man, I really love a lot of this stuff that like, I would love to see him actually run like the Chick-fil-A conservatives would never allow it because that would in include us. 
fucking like not giving ten trillion dollars to Ukraine and Israel for no reason, and like actually caring about the people who that live here, uh, which is a foreign fucking concept. What, but what does, the, what does the campaign look like now with Twitter gone, and and him not having that voice there, you know, publicly? Yeah, Elon, free yay from Twitter. Free Nick Fuentes on Twitter. There's a lot of soldiers that need to be freed. But Nick, Nick Fuentes got banned again? He was back on Twitter for 12 hours. Wow. He did I, a I space. Saw him get, come back. He started talking about, yeah, well, you need me to be a demon. Well, you need me to be the bad guy. So I'm baby Hitler. We love Hitler. There's a lot of things. We're going to be anti. We're going to be. I'm like, bro, you've been back for 12 hours. Like, oh, God, man. Well, I think oh. it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, you know, like, because these are opinions that you're not allowed to voice, right? But I think it's, I remember my grandpa telling me one time when I was, like, maybe 18 or 19, and I was, like, and I didn't even have any really awareness of a lot of this shit, right? But he was, like, you know, Logan, there's a lot, I was, I was giving my, and this is, like, a very, like, Republican conservative, which now I'm more of a, I don't know, tropical fascist, right? And, and I was giving my, like, steadfast, like, Republican Party like takes on the world what's going on and he's like you know what logan there's a lot of people who can point out problems not many people have the solutions and you need to be about finding solutions like if you care don't tell me about the fucking problem i got 20 people on the news for that find me a solution right and that's one thing that i think is really interesting to me about kanye because yeah. he actually ha oh, yeah sorry I, uh, uh, yeah <laughs> uh he has solutions. Yay has solutions. Let's make church uh, just a beautiful thing, like a, a symphony of worship. Let's do that. Let's change the way we dress. Let's change the way we learn. Like, let's do all this stuff because that's, I think, what all three of us believe in, right? Like, we're sitting here saying young, young men and men in general should build a business and have autonomy over their finances. They should create good natural relationships they should take care of their family they should build a family they should take care of themselves and their health and care about that you know what i mean like i think it's like a lot of these people it seems like you know now they just want to bitch for their clicks you know like they're just they're just out here like re re about all the problems and yelling and kind of touched on what you were what you discussed with with luke belmar like Man, like, I, we need people who have solutions. And it seems to me that Ye has some really creative solutions that we could start implementing now. And, and actually, like, like the Donda school seems really, I, I don't, I mean, I've looked into it a little bit, but it seems awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, teaching kids how to learn, not in a way where it's like, you know, just setting them up to be a, a factory bot and come in and just get you everything know, droned out of them. Be before this, before I was sitting down here, I was like, I don't know, I don't know about Yay, but now that I met Sneeko and I fuck with Sneeko, now I'm all, I'm all for Yay. So You're Yay 24. There we go. Yay 24. Everything, all the policies are going to be sourced directly to the Bible. It's going to be the Word of God is going to be brought back into America. Going to put America first, and one of the most important policies for the young men watching this is to ban porn. And if EA doesn't get elected, then you need to do it yourself. You need to stop watching porn. You need to ban it from your mind, ban it from your phone. You need to never watch porn again. It's disgusting. And a lot of it is profiting off of trauma. These young girls have had traumatic past, and so they end up reenacting it on camera every single day. And also, you're getting off watching some other guy get pussy. It's kind of gross. <laughs> kind of weird, if you think about it in a sense. So Super weird. Stop watching porn. 
I think that's it, the most important thing you could do right now if you want to change your life. I wholeheartedly agree. If I was emperor today, it would be gone tomorrow. Um, I think that that's it is just gross. But I also think too, there is a lot of. And my friend Lobo, he's uh, one of my one of my closest friends. Big on Twitter. Uh, was Very, he the one talking about Malcolm X? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I knew it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he he had a a, a tweet. Oh, it was long. I found it. It was like a year and a half, two years ago, and saying that everything on the internet is porn. Everything you should almost and and especially, you know, from a from a sexual angle and like taking care of your own sexual energy. I think every young guy, you know, has had a point where they, they were exposed to like every young guy has seen it, you know, you're 15 in America. That just happens. Like it's a normal, it's been normalized to that point where you've seen porn, you've seen porn in, it's or, in pop culture. now. it's in pop culture. All, They're bringing yeah. fucking porn stars on podcasts. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And, um, and then they even start telling you what's right and wrong. Like the Porn stars will start to hit the wall, like Mia Khalifa yep. and now they're right wing Emily Ratajkowski's, and they're getting at a podcast and talking about like a real man doesn't get insecure about sucking dick on camera, and you're like, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> be gone, thought, bye, shoo. Like, what are you gonna go tell me, bro? You didn't even know how to monetize it correctly, Mia Khalifa. We made a hundred k from getting dick down on camera for years. <laughs> Don't tell anyone what being a real. You're not in the place. Do you see like the level of clown world shit that's going? Going on mm -hmm. where she's gonna get on a podcast and tell you what you should be doing you don't okay, stop 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 it but but I think to, to build on that like like every young guy's probably seen it whatever like absolutely ban that out and you know I've definitely like slept with some girls I probably like I didn't care about whatever it was, just, it was just like a physical thing but I think that's really important too like the guys who believe this too, because that's how you flip the net. Like the reason we're in all these situations is because dudes like will just shell out their entire morals for a crumb of pussy. Like that's at the end of the day, that's what happens, right? And like, and so I think it's really important too. Like not only ban porn, but ban pornographic uh, things. Like looking at Instagram even so, such as is pornography. Like you shouldn't. The explore page is literal softcore porn. Every time I open it up, it's it's absolutely it's so distracting. So many times I'll. I'll go and I'll show you right now what my explore. I don't know what this looks like for other people, but I'll go and I'll try to to text somebody, or and then message somebody. Like look, look, look at this. Yeah. On the explore page, you see this? It's not loading. Um. Yeah. Look at her. Yep. Everywhere. Just, just, it's it's softcore. Um. Actual. So and, and, and then on another note of that, it's like ugh. looking at the houses, looking at the cars. Yep. Everything that's there is almost like. It's like porn to a degree because you're almost desensitizing yourself to these extravagant, exotic things. Same and then thing when you actually, sports. yeah, and then when you actually go and get it, and it's yours, and it's physically yours, it's your reality. It doesn't feel the same. Yeah, and I don't want this. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to sit here and say like, oh, I'm pristine, perfect, you know, whatever. Like, I still probably, I don't know, like, I'm flirtatious young man sometimes. <laughs> but I think it's really important that men push for to be, to really like eliminate those things, like actually trying to eliminate vice from yourself, not because, you know, you're, you're holier than thou, or you want to preach people about it and have that sort of like liberal virtue signal, but just because it's like, it's good for you and it's good for the world to be like that. And it's, it's hard to do in the world that we live in, you know, like even Miami if Miami especially, yeah, even if you never, you know, watch porn per se, like 
you know, to really just like stand with your moral compass and, and that, and that, but that also includes, you know, that would eliminate the attention economy we have now and get, get rid of a lot of the problems probably. hundred percent. Um, curious, like on, on that note, I think a lot of the discussion on the internet, men, women, th- those type of, the, the, the masculinity discussion, right? I think a lot of it encourages men to go sleep with a lot of girls. And, and here's how you get a girl, mm-hmm. like the PUA guys and yeah. like stuff like that. How do you feel, and, and me personally, and, and I know, Logan, you, we were talking about this earlier, family is the driving force. Like, if we had strong families in the West, we wouldn't have a lot of these problems that we currently have, yep. right? If, and it starts with men, right? But how do men, in your mind, and, like, how did you build your brand around men, family, hooking up with, with girls, but also respecting yourself as a man. Cause I feel like there's a lot of, I don't recommend guys to go and hook up with a lot of random girls. I see it as a solution to a problem where masculinity is being suppressed so much and men are becoming sadder and there's more incels than ever. One in three men have not had sex in the past year or are virgins. It's an incredible stat. And so this PUA red pill picking up girls thing is a solution to a problem, but it's a temporary solution. It does yeah. help you with your confidence. It helps you navigate it. It helps you learn how to not simp. It, le- it also helps you become more independent. And that drive to become the best man and to be always presentable helps you in, in business as well. I've noticed that when I was chasing girls, I was always on point. It was good motivation in the gym. I would be making more money. I was more focused, stuff like that. I wasn't letting one girl drag and nag me down. So it, it is a, it's a temporary solution to a real problem. Obviously, the best way is to have a family. But at the same time in the West, it's hard to go and advocate for these traditional ideas because marriage screws you. Marriage will destroy a man. And we've all, we all know guys like this mm-hmm. that only could see their kids every other week, that lost their house, lost their dog, lost their car, lost half of their income, and they get destroyed by this. And they have a really bitter outlook on life. So we could advocate towards the traditional marriage, but it, men get screwed. So this pick up girls thing and, and avoiding a traditional relationship, it doesn't solve the problem for the whole world, but it, it does help men navigate this overly sexualized world, this clown world of all these OnlyFans girls, all the delusion that girls believe in, astrology, girl boss, I'm a 10, I'm perfect, I'm always right man should just want me. I'm going to go manifest the perfect guy. It helps you navigate that, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it's a bandaid over a a really big wound. Yeah. I think that it, it, it's definitely useful, um, in situations like you said, but it is a temporary solution. I think at the end of the day, like my, you know, if I could take, and as we continue to, as I continue to grow, Nick continues to grow online. Like I think I really want part of the core message that I really put out there. You mentioned inspiration. Like I want to inspire and push guys to be competent in every, and that's an aspect of competency, right? Like handling yourself and understanding how to, you know, navigate women, et cetera. But I think a lot of it's solved by you know, really having like some, some level of competence and getting really good at what you do and creating a lot of value in the world. And that's, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I want, what I kind of deem as the, the solution. Do you want kids? You want a family? Of course I do. Of yeah. course, yeah. But it, it's difficult to find that right now. I, the, 
Miami, gr- Florida, man. Yeah, the, the <sighs> girls here, it, it's really tough because uh, the, the lack of masculine figures in their lives and how the government replaces a lot of that authoritarian masculine figure and they can get brainwashed very easily by media and by what the government tells you to do. It's getting harder to find the girl that's capable of that. A lot of times I'm realistic. I don't want to say pessimistic. And maybe the people that I talk to, especially in, in Tate Circle, they're saying the best women are in South America, are in Southeast Asia and in Eastern Europe and maybe Middle Eastern girls. But it's, it's difficult, yo. But out here, if you want to get a 10 who makes sense, it's just... I don't know. I don't know where you find them uh, because they they're as soon as they they realize they can get attention for what they look like. They just hump to that link tree in bio. So, you know what I'm talking about? You know, the website link where it's not directly OF, but you know what it is. Yeah, that's it's so quick for them to to get to, to that point. So and they don't want to go compromise that uh, women, especially attractive women, have such an easy life. But they don't realize that when they hit 30 or when they start declining, that they're going to go and actually want a family. And they're going to go and have to replace that attention that they get from every single dude. And that attention is love. So they're, they're replacing love with Instagram. They're replacing love with dopamine. And they don't realize that. No matter how much you tell them or how many podcasts you do, like lecturing 10 women in a circle, they're not going to. They will just prioritize Instagram until they hit the wall and they stop getting the attention. So it's. Yeah, I do want to start a family, but yeah, uh, got to find her. Yeah, we're young. You got time. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm 24. A lot of guys, like, they don't even want to start having a family until they're, they're mid-30s, late, like, early 40s. Like, we're, we're lucky as men. You can, have, you can start a family when you're 50, 60. There's, like, what, Alec Baldwin had a kid when he was 70? Some shit like that. Like, it, you're fine. But the, the, the tone of voice you hear right now is like, man, where are they? Where are they? If we got the any, West. we got any like holistic shorties in the building. My guy Sneakos. Now the thing is, you, you want to hear the the superficial answer to that? The holistic shorties. Well, that yeah, the, the, I meant yeah, I know. They're sixes. <laughs> they're sixes and sevens, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of holistic sixes and sevens because the tens they 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 go to Instagram quicker. Mm-hmm. I want a ten. Fair enough. I facts. want a dime. Yeah. I, I want a holistic dime. I want everything. I want everything. That's a bar. Me too. I want Me it too. all. Me too, Sneeko. Take a name. I want everything. <laughs> Facts. I think it's a really good way to wrap it up. Yeah? How long um, have we been going? Hour, hour 15. Oh, it's 140. Yeah. yeah. Is there, um, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up and stuff like that, like, is there anything maybe that you don't get the chance to talk about that maybe you want to or a message that, you know, if, the associates of the associates are listening to this. Like, any any final message from Sneeko? Sneeko? Use your anger to fuel your work. What's motivating me to post on Rumble, well, I stream on Rumble every day at 8 p.m. Eastern, rumble.com slash Sneeko. Part of the reason I have so much drive right now and my consistency is not only knowing that God rewards hard work, but... I think back to all the soy boy liberals, all the feminists that literally celebrated when I was canceled and knowing that I can prove them wrong, that I can do better than them on an alternative platform that's new, that gives me a lot of satisfaction and solidifies that I'm doing the right thing. So that instead of using that revenge or that anger to be, use that to fuel you. And I think that you'll reach new heights and you'll, you'll 
find your true potential if you can direct your anger in the right place. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. Transmutation. That's a big, like, to me, a big thematic from this podcast. Transmutation. How do you take all the bullshit and turn it into God's light? Yeah. I'm going to listen to Metallica after this and lift. <laughs> how, do you, how do you destroy the programming? Transmutation. Transmutation. Yeah. Sneeko, thanks for coming on, brother. Thank you. This is great. Great to, great to have you on. Absolute pleasure to meet you. Um, yeah. The episode, was it 22? 20, episode 22 I, of I the Associates. I think 22, yeah. Out. Sneeko's link's in the description and stuff. Obviously, he's way bigger than us. But um, you can find us, TikTok, Instagram, all the short-form platforms. We're there. This one, we're going to have a lot of clips with uh, people arguing a lot in the of comments. Fun. A lot of so fun clips. That'll be fun. And see you on episode 23. Banger. Banger. That was great, man. Thank you for just texted me 17 times during the podcast <laughs> in the middle, like 17 messages, and I'm just like, okay, focus, focus.